Hey, welcome to the Living Messenger Podcast, where we discuss God's simple truths and His gospel. I'm your host, Andrew O'Neill. According to a recent poll, 77% of churchgoers say they observe a day of rest or Sabbath. Of those churchgoers, 70% observe Sunday as their Sabbath and only 5% on Saturday. So why is there such a discrepancy in people going to church on Sunday versus Saturday? Does it really matter which day you take as a Sabbath? These are questions I've always wondered and wanted to do an in-depth study from the beginning to current times and see how we exactly got here. So how do we know what Sabbath means and what day it refers to? The technical definition is Sabbath is a day of religious observance and abstinence from work, kept by people from Friday evening to Saturday evening. That's from a dictionary that I got that from. Also, if you look at any calendar or history of calendars, Saturday has always been the seventh day, which is the end of the week. Also, in many different languages, Saturday and Sabbath share the same word. For example, in Spanish, Sabado means Saturday and Sabbath. In fact, there are more than 100 ancient and modern languages that share the same word. Let's start with Genesis and move through history and see what it tells us. If we look at creation, we know that God created earth and man in six days and rested on the seventh. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. Because in it, he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. Genesis 2, 2 and 3. So God created a day of rest for us, but why? This is a great quote from Ellen G. White that I really like that sums it up. God saw that a Sabbath was essential for man, even in paradise. He needed to lay aside his own interests and pursuits for one day of the seven, that he might more fully contemplate the works of God and meditate upon his power and goodness. He needed a Sabbath to remind him more vividly of God and to awaken gratitude because all that he enjoyed and possessed came from the benefit hand of the Creator. And here's another one. The Sabbath is a sign of creative and redeeming power. It points to God as a source of life and knowledge. It recalls man's primeval glory and thus witness to God's purpose to recreate us in his own image. And that's from Education, page 250. Sabbath was created so we could rest from our busy lives and spend more time with God. And if Adam and Eve needed a day of rest, even in the Garden of Eden, how much more important is it today? They had a daily reminder of God's perfect creations, yet that wasn't enough. It's like God knew people were going to get lost in the craziness of this world. It's also interesting to note that the Sabbath creation was the only thing to be blessed and sanctified, meaning made holy. And if you listen to my last podcast on prophecy, you know how important a blessing and sanctification is. Not only did God have the Sabbath be part of his creation, he also put it in the Ten Commandments. Uh, Here's a verse from Exodus 28 through 11. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blesses the seventh Sabbath day and hallowed it. 
It's interesting that uh, out of all the Ten Commandments, this is the only one to start with remember. It's like God was foreshadowing that we would forget about the Sabbath. It's also the only commandment to have the seal of God. In Bible times, the seal meant that it was legitimate and typically came from a ruler after, de- after a decree was sent out. It contains his name, his title, and his territory. And here's another Ellen White quote that fit really good here. The fourth commandment is the only one of all the ten in which are found both the name and title of the lawgiver. It is the only one that shows by whose authority the law is given. Thus it contains a seal of God affixed to his law as evidence of its authenticity and binding force. So why is it so important that the Sabbath has a seal of God? Perhaps it's more foreshadowing that the Sabbath may be under attack from man. Let's remember the Sabbath day is a reminder as to who we serve and give thanks to. Um, The Old Testament and New Testament is filled with verses talking about Jesus and his disciples worshiping on Sabbath. And let's just take a look at some of those verses here. So Luke 13, 10. On a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues. So Jesus taught on the Sabbath. Mark 2, 23, 28. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. Jesus is essentially saying that Sabbath was not meant for man to change or make into what they think is right or wrong, which the Jews were doing with all their ceremonial laws. Only Jesus is Lord, meaning having power or authority over the Sabbath. Hebrews 4, 9-10 There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God, for anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Shows that God rested on the Sabbath. Acts 17, verse 2 as was his custom, Paul went into the synagogue, and on three Sabbath days he reasoned with them from the scriptures. In Acts 18.4, every Sabbath he reasoned in the synagogue, trying to persuade Jews and Greeks. Even Paul worshipped every Sabbath as it was his custom. Deuteronomy 5.14, But the Sabbath day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. The seventh day is Sabbath, which is Saturday. If you look at any calendar again, the beginning of the week starts on Sunday. And that verse just shows that Sabbath is... The seventh day is Sabbath. Revelation twelve seventeen, And the dragon was enraged with the woman, and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring, who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. The dragon represents Satan, and who is he enraged with? The woman who represents God's church. So what makes Satan so angry? Those who keep the commandments of God. If that's not more powerful than anything I say, then that just shows how important Ten Commandments are. John 14, 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. The command is simple, right? If we want to love Jesus, keep his commandments. I think it's fair to say that Jesus made Sabbath a priority from the beginning to the end. At no point does he say we should worship any other day. Some will make the argument that people worship on the first day of the week because that's when Jesus was raised from the dead. But if that's true, wouldn't the Pharisees and rabbis been more upset about their laws being changed and there would have been even more documentation over that change? But nowhere in the history of the Pharisees and rabbis is there anything about going to church on Sunday. So where did Sunday worship come from? It certainly didn't come from the Bible, so we'll have to look at history and see what it tells us. So looking at history, we know that in the early 4th century, a young Roman emperor named Constantine was in power. He had often been called the first Christian emperor of the Roman Empire. 
He was initially pagan, but during a battle, he had a vision where he saw a flaming cross in the sky. Under the cross, it was written, and this sign, conquer. After seeing that, he decided to become a Christian along with declaring his army Christian. His influence converted many pagans to become Christian while building up power and prestige in the church. The problem with this mass conversion was that many of these so-called Christians were still pagan at heart. The main religion in Rome at the time was Mithraism, which was sun worship. They even had an official day to worship called the Venerable Day of the Sun, which is how we got the name Sunday from the first day of the week. But to convert more people, Constantine, Constantine decided it would be easier to make Sunday the official day of worship. During that time, Jews were also poorly looked upon for putting Jesus, Jesus to death, so it was another way to distance early Christians from Jews. The official degree hap- decree happened in 321 A.D., and here it says here, On the venerable day of the sun, let the magistrates and people residing in the cities rest, and let all workshops be closed. So, after this happened, the Roman Catholic Church soon joined the course of Sunday as a new Sabbath. In fact, the Catholic Church now claims that they, on their own authority, changed the day of worship. And let's just take a look at some of these quotes that uh, Catholics have said. Um, after... Um, It is well to remind the Presbyterians, Baptists, Methodists, and all the Christians that the Bible does not support them anywhere in their observance of Sunday. Sunday is an institution of the Roman Catholic Church, and those who observe the day observe a commandment of the Catholic Church. And that was from a uh, priest, Brady, uh, in a newspaper in the late, early 1900s, I should say. And this was from the Converts Catechism of Catholic Doctrine. Question, which is a Sabbath day? Answer, Saturday is the Sabbath day. Question, why do we observe Sunday instead of Saturday? Answer, we observe Sunday instead of Saturday because the Catholic Church transferred the psalmody from Saturday to Sunday. And here's another one from the Catholic Encyclopedia. The Church, on the other hand, after changing the day of rest from the Jewish Sabbath or seventh day of the week to the first, made the third commandment refer to Sunday as a day to be kept holy as the Lord's day. The Council of Trent condemns those who deny that the Ten Commandments are binding on Christians. And this one's from the Catholic Record. Deny the authority of the Church, and you have no adequate or reasonable explanation or justification for the substitution of Sunday for Saturday in the Third Protestant Fourth Commandment of God, because the Catholic Church changed the Ten Commandments. The Church is above the Bible, and transference of Sabbath observance is proof of that. I mean, how bold is that? Church is above the Bible. I don't know any church that should be above the Bible. The leader of the Catholic Church is defined by the faith as a vicar of Jesus Christ and is accepted as such by believers. The Pope is considered the man on earth who takes the place of the second person, the omnipotent God of the Trinity. And that's from the Pope John Paul II. So the Pope is saying he's only second to God, but he takes the place of man of God here on earth. I mean, if that's not blasphemy, I don't really know what is. Okay, and this is another catechism explained. The Sabbath was Saturday, not Sunday. The church altered the observance of the Sabbath to the observance of Sunday. Protestants must be rather puzzled by keeping of Sunday when God distinctly said, keep holy the Sabbath day. The word Sunday does not come anywhere in the Bible, so without knowing it, they are observing the authority of the Catholic Church. 
And these are only a few quotes from Catholic leaders. I mean, there's tons out there, and it's really amazing to see the outright honesty that there is no biblical truth for Sunday. So does the Catholic Church have the power to change God's Ten Commandments? And is the Pope truly the man on earth who takes the place of the second person, the omnipotent God of the Trinity? Let's look to see what Jesus says in his own words here. Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy it, but to fulfill. For assuredly, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one title will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. And that's from Matthew 5, 17, 19. So Jesus states that until heaven and earth pass, not one law should change. There's also not one shred of biblical evidence to give any man the power to take the place of God here on earth. And why would we need that? Don't we have direct access to God and the Holy Spirit already? And here's a verse from John 14, 6 here. I am the truth, the way, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So are we supposed to go through someone to get to the Father? No, absolutely not, right? We know that the Sabbath is important, but why does it matter which day we worship on? Before we get to that, let's take a look at Lucifer or Satan. Ezekiel 28 states that Lucifer was blameless in your ways, but your heart became proud on account of your beauty, and you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. After being corrupted, what did Satan want most? Let's read Isaiah 14, 13, 14. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will be like the Most High. So Lucifer is essentially wanted to be God, right? And more than anything, he wanted to be worshipped. Let's think about this. If If Lucifer wants to be worshipped after being cast down to earth, how could he accomplish that best? Would he choose to worship on Saturday, which is clearly defined in the Bible as a Lord's Day? No, of course not, right? So wouldn't it be more clever to tempt man to create another day that wasn't blessed or sanctified by God? Instead of worshiping on the Lord's Day, we should be worshiping on a day created by man that's not sanctified by God. Now, that obviously doesn't mean we can't worship on the other days of the week, but what if Satan and all his wisdom decided to impersonate God here on earth and tell you that you have to worship on Sunday? Would that not be the ultimate deception to get man to worship him and not God? We know, according to 2 Corinthians 11, that Satan will transform himself into an angel of light and showing himself that he is God. And 2 Thessalonians 2.4. How can we be certain that the Sabbath will be the ultimate decision on worship? If we read Revelation 7.2.3, it talks about John and his vision of the four angels. Then I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea, saying, Do not harm the land or the sea or the trees until we put a seal on the foreheads of the servants of our God. Revelation 7.3 So an angel having the seal of the living God states, Do no harm until we put a seal on the foreheads of the servants of God. Do you know what the seal is? Didn't we just talk about the fourth commandments being the only commandment to have a seal of God? And what does it mean to put on your foreheads? How do you worship? Do you worship with your hands or your feet? No, you first have to make a conscious decision to worship God with your mind. Then your feet and hands follow, right? If Satan wants to counterfeit God and get people to worship him, doesn't he also need a seal? 
Uh, let's skip ahead to Revelation 13, 16, 17, where we will find out the mark of the beast is. He causes all, the small and great, and the rich and poor, and the free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or their foreheads, that no one may buy or sell except one who has a mark or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. If God's seal shows his authority of the Sabbath, wouldn't Satan's be the same for his man-made Sabbath Sunday? So they worshipped the dragon who gave authority to the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with him? Revelation 13.4 It's clear that Satan wants to be worshipped and place himself above God. And what better way to do that than to make people worship him on Sunday? If we look back in the Bible, we will see several instances of worship being the main focus of God's wrath. The Israelites made a golden calf to worship instead of waiting for Moses to return from the mount, right? Nebuchadnezzar also made a golden image of himself for everyone to worship. And those are just a few examples showing that worship is truly important to God. Now, a lot of people will say that Sabbath isn't a salvation issue, which is technically true, but if Bible prophecy tells us anything, it's that worship will be key to our salvation when we have to decide who we serve. Do we serve the true God and worship him on his appointed holy day, or do we serve Satan or man on his created day? Don't wait to make that decision because it may come to a point where it may be too late. And that's closed here with Exodus 31.13. Surely my Sabbaths you shall keep, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. Alright guys, uh, thanks for joining me. Hopefully you got something out of it and hopefully I'll bring something new here next month. Alright, 